0: I'm grand. I'm good. Works doing works smooth. I'm I'm producing hours of content every day for the for for randoms across the world to enjoy. Nice. Lifetimes are being wasted per day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel you. But is it truly wasted if you are entertained and the time passes? I say. No. Well, are, are you not entertained? That is the question you've got to ask. That is a question that has been asked by several people. And I am now asking it of everybody who <laughs> watches the stuff I produce. Uh, and if they reply that they are not entertained, and, and then indeed the time is wasted and it was all for naught. Uh, but aside from that, I'm doing great. Again, I've got a cat just warming me up. And now that it's a colder time of year, having a warm cat, On on your lap is dreams. Uh, That is that is the dream. Yeah, I got I got tea waiting for me for if if I happen to get a wee bit extra cold. I am I am old and I am fine.
1: That's a great Tinder bio. Old Old and and fine.
0: Fine. How many eyes go in that fine though? That's the question. No, just just the one. Yours is old and fine. Yeah, I'm just I'm just old and fine. But it could be a great Tinder bio if you just add a couple extra eyes.
1: CISO episode 183. Welcome, everybody. Hi, hi, numbers. Almost time to reboot. It's there. We're 17 episodes away from season two. Boy, I am excited. The countdown has begun. Yeah. This is, of course, Scotland's longest running entertainment podcast with still on season one and 183 episodes past. My name is Colin and he is James. One of the things that has
0: been said is, is true. What one? At least my name. Okay. That much was true. I don't know about your name, though.
1: I'm pretty sure the rest of it is accurate. Right. I mean, I can find out. We, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, we take a lot of research, but yeah, I'm confident in that statement. Current, the current holders of
0: the longest running podcast belt, because nobody's challenged us.
1: It's very true. Okay, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do on Twitter, on Facebook, and ideally by Gmail, because we love a, an email. And uh, James will fill you in on those details later on. Yes. So don't you dare stop listening. Absolutely. You we'll stay be right there. We'll be hurt okay don't hurt us Uh, unless we ask you to okay james let's start with (laughs) donald trump uh, because uh people don't talk about him actually no let's not let's talk about brexit let's talk about brexit oh that's way more fun that is way better because well things actually happened this week oh yeah yeah so people tried to do things and this
0: time kind of actually did do things
1: right so i'm gonna i'll start with the the today's headline which is thursday uh, for all of you listening, next week in the future,
0: yeah, I'd, I was uh,
1: listening twenty years after Brexit it's all, uh, for their research paper. I'll I'll recap after I've done today's headline. So, the Prime Minister Boris Johnson has said he will give MPs more time to debate his Brexit deal if they agree <laughs> to a December twelfth general election. Oh, so the Ooh,
0: uh, he's holding he's holding everyone hostage.
1: So the Prime Minister has told the BBC he expected. The EU will grant an extension to his October 31st deadline, which is next week, even though he really
0: didn't want one. He didn't want one so bad that he petulantly didn't sign the letter like a
1: child. So We'll talk about that. So this is after uh, earlier this week in which MPs finally passed a Brexit deal by ironically in percentages 52 to 48 percent i know it's and, and everybody knows that is a landslide oh absolutely but <laughs> however the next vote which was hey can we get this deal crammed through in three days mp said no probably
0: not a good idea to do it in three well, days it, exactly. all right
1: let's do it in more than three days thank you so This is on the back of Boris Johnson being forced by law to send a letter to the EU to ask for an extension. However, James, tell the lovely listeners what he actually did. Boris is now dead in a ditch. It's insane. I don't know how it happened. He said
0: it would happen and then it did. And I can't believe it. Boris is in a ditch
1: dead so he he sent one letter which he had to by law but he didn't sign it asking for an extension he then sent a second letter which was essentially saying sorry them big bad boys made me do it and then the third one was please don't actually give me an extension i don't want one and he signed that one
0: yeah, and then they are probably going to give an extension, which is double embarrassing. Do you know what?
1: It's really funny because I bet the EU are just like, hey guys, see what Boris has done. He said this three such letters. He's
0: child. He's just such a child. And it's not surprising how much of a child he is. And not the good kind of child, like not the fun kind of child. The child of your rich neighbours down the road who like takes your stuff because they're just so used to everything belonging to them.
1: Okay, summarise for me... The past week, where we are now. Oh boy, I don't, I don't even I don't I don't even know. Boris didn't send the
0: letter dead in a ditch. He's now leading the parliament and government from the ditch, and it's insane. <laughs> he he's managed to get through a a Brexit deal that is similar to Theresa May's deal, but it, dis, it like f- tries to pretend that Northern Ireland is part of Ireland, yeah,
1: but also in the UK too and it's just real messy so, so this is just one added wrinkle which the DUP uh refused to back the deal because well, essentially sense, right? yeah 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 because essentially it establishes a a sea border yeah. between the island of Ireland and the rest of the UK despite the fact yeah. northern ireland is in the UK
0: yeah a border over which the EU has say what goods need to be checked um so it basically means that there's a like there's a border and they are not uh, in the UK. So they're taking they're taking a bit of initiative at that. And also the the deal removed quite a few of the protections and timelines that Theresa May's deal had to make no deal Brexit happen but sooner. Yeah. So that's why he got a lot of the hard 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 Brexiteers on board is that he was trying to pretend this was a deal, but really it was a way to make no deal happen by the end of the year, probably.
1: So so you you
0: believe that Boris does still want no deal? I, originally, I was surprised. I, he started trying to make a deal with Brexit. And I was like, wait, he's actually trying to make a deal now after a month of not trying at all. And then he made the deal. And then when people smarter than me read the deal and pointed out all the weaknesses that it introduced and made no deal Brexit super easy, I realized this is just no no deal Brexit. But it's called a deal.
1: So, here's my question before we before we move on. Why did Boris Johnson's deal pass on the first time despite being worse than the Theresa May deal, which was rejected three times. Uh well, I don't I don't get that. He garnered the support
0: of all the Brexiteers that didn't vote for the last one. How though? It was a worse deal. No, because they want a worse deal. People who wanted hard Brexit didn't vote for Theresa May's deal because it wasn't hard Brexit enough. So now they're happy to vote for Boris's deal. Um, some Labour MPs are are real dumb and have also voted for Boris's deal. Oh man. Oh in fact, I did see that. Yeah. People are probably tired of it and writing to their MPs to say, hey, I'm just, just get Brexit over with. And the media is trying to sell it to us that if we just make the deal, Brexit will be over with and done. Whereas if we make a deal, we start talking about like a forever of dealing with Brexit. Yeah. There's never going to not be the headlines. Get used to the word, everybody. I mean,
1: it's it's been around for nearly three and a half years at this point.
0: But then there's also this, there's this idea that people are voting the deal in so that they can then push for a referendum on the deal while that is a popular idea across different parties. It's just everybody's everybody's gearing up to the election rather than gearing up to anything
1: else. So, so f- talking of said election, before we move on, uh, Commons leader Jacob Rees-Mogg told MPs the government will table a motion calling for an election this coming Monday. It needs two-thirds backing, and most MPs or most uh, political parties have said, yep, all sounds good as long as you take a no-deal Brexit off the table, which I don't think Boris is going to do, so... So we're still in the same still, mate. Yeah. So that was
0: the the, the goal of the parties was get, like let the deal happen, try and get an an election referendum with like the promises with like added promises and amendments to make this a never no deal situation. And we'll see if it happens. Like it's just another it's just another mess, and it's going to be another few months, as it always is, just pushing the deadlines back a few months, no real change. Boris has said a couple of dumb things as well. He said that devolved the devolved nations have parliaments have no say and no no warrant to approve or disapprove okay. of the deal. Where that was just a lie, because even in the deal itself, there's 17 instances where it says that you have to get the approval of the devolved powers. And then the devolved powers are saying that it's actually more like 43 instances. So a bunch of lies are happening. Everybody's just trying to get their party to be popular again. The Lib Dems are just still being Tories, but not really. Uh, uh, i don't know okay nothing's gonna happen and then brexit will one day sneak past us and nobody's even gonna notice
1: well let's move on let's talk uh, about donald trump yay we we missed this last week just because we had been away and it had fallen by the wayside of the headlines but it's back everybody it's impeachment and this is the news this week or rather 10 hours ago that US Republicans had stormed a high security impeachment inquiry forcing a witness to delay her testimony by several hours. Because you can't have court stuff going on behind closed doors.
0: That's dumb. Why would you want to do that? Why would the Republicans vote that in as a power literally when they were in charge of the House. Oh yeah, this is the Republicans' fault that it happened.
1: Yeah, so about two dozen Republicans chanted, let us in as they forced their way into the hearing, (laughs) breaching US House security rules. Also,
0: (laughs) 13 of them were actually allowed to be there. (laughs) Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least 12, I think it's 13, were actually allowed to be there. The Republicans weren't like barred from entering here. It was just like certain people were allowed and certain people weren't. And it was a cross-party situation. Like 13 of the Republicans that stormed it would have actually just been allowed in. So it is just all a facade to try and get the media to be like on their side.
1: So just to give a bit more background, this is falling on weeks on uh, from the whistleblower who alerted the media to the fact that in a call between the Ukrainian president and Donald Trump, Trump was essentially dangling military aid and a visit to the White House in front of uh, President Zelensky in return for dirt on Joe Biden. Yeah. And that is essentially what started Uh, it. And we chatted about
0: that, I believe, when it happened, and we tried to predict the future, and we thought that Trump would make a big mess of something else to try and sweep this under the rug. Um, But then at the same time, Trump had already admitted to it. Now his chief of staff has admitted to it, and the ambassador to Ukraine has a, had said that this is what happened. We're getting more whistleblowers coming forward. We're getting more people, um, t- uh, taking themselves in, and saying that I, there I was a part of this. Let's let give me a. a
1: Give me freedom and I'll give you testimony, all that stuff. Okay, just just to interject, most people are saying that Republicans and uh, President Trump are under increased pressure following uh, the testimony of the acting ambassador to Ukraine, Bill Taylor, who uh, testified that yeah. Trump had made the release of military aid to Ukraine conditional. Yeah. on a pledge that they investigate Joe Biden. Is, yeah. So that is essentially the grounds for impeachment. Do you actually believe this is, this is it? Because they've talked about this for years and it's never happened. Trump impeachment has been possible since day one, but they never
0: actually tried to do it. And the reason that this one's different is because it's not just Trump uh, breaking the rules of the constitution and running his business while he's president and directly profiting for it. It's not just Trump lying to the nation. It's not just Trump doing this and that. That is all impeachable. This one, and the reason it's going to work, is because Trump went after a rich Democrat. So so why why does that mean it's going to work? Because now, like, if the, the only people that are worth fighting for to the American politician class is themselves. So Trump tried to tie this to the Biden family, a bunch of boring rich centrists, and now, because Trump's gone after a boring, rich centrist instead of like, after going after poor people or going after the Constitution, uh, they're going to go up and arms about it. And it actually happens. And they are going up and arms about it. And they're actually starting a, like official proceedings. And the proceedings are proceeding with pretty good pace. <laughs> the fact that the Republicans are lying about it so loudly and so often is a pretty good sign that they're very scared of it because if they if it if they weren't actually scared of it they wouldn't need to be doing all this sh- um traipsing about lying to the media and trying to trying to make new headlines and
1: whatnot. Okay. Before we move on to some lighter chat, uh the Syrian ceasefire. We'll talk about that as well. So this was a couple of weeks ago, uh Trump announced that the US were pulling out of northern Syria, which essentially gave the green light to President Erdogan of Turkey to yeah. start <laughs> killing Kurdish civilians. Yeah. in an attempt to establish a buffer zone. Trump was That's then in quotes. Yeah, in quotes. Sarcastic. <laughs> Trump was then under fire metaphorically for doing that uh, sanctions were put on turkey a ceasefire has now been established yeah uh, tentatively yeah i would be amazed if this is the end of the conflict
0: it won't be especially considering that turkey's already done a whole war crimes
1: thing yeah you i, I see you've written this down explain this for me
0: uh well so the the short version is that u.s forces or US investigators have already uncovered Turkish war crimes against the Kurdish, which isn't too surprising really, because Turkey are just being evil and stuff. Because Turkey's national identity in some ways is based off not being Kurdish. A lot of people are in Turkey, uh, even civilians, are celebrating this because it's just part of their identity. I don't mean to say that all of them are. Just people that are being misinformed will actually be celebrating this because they think that not being Kurdish is great, and therefore the Kurds need to be put down. And then we got Trump kind of moving his troops off the border so that Russia can move theirs in, which is always a bit of a scary thing when you're trusting Russia to not just kind of take more land and stuff. Yeah. Which they probably just will do. Russia will just creep further forward, move the border a bit, you know, creep further. And they got that little, they got the border line, which is literally always, all borders are drawn with string. So they're just moving that bit of string, you know? Anyway, we'll not, we'll not see the end of it. The Kurds have been... Killed? Well, yeah, killed. I was, I'm was. trying to think of a word for it, though, because it's not just killed. They've been disrespected while being yep. killed. And they've been betrayed by allies for, oh, I don't know how long, history. All of it. So it's, it's not going to stop now. Somehow, they're just going to carry on being the unlucky ones who keep getting into some new conflict because someone else wants them mm-hmm. dead, or because someone else is paying America enough to to get the access to kill them. Um, but it's just another thing in the list of global atrocities that Everybody ignores because we all want to keep making money instead of actually trying to help people.
1: Very true. And on that note, James, let's take a classic cease operate, handbrake turn. So yes, turn. Let's stop talking about sad things. <laughs> let's talking about the death. Stop talking about the death of uh, children and talk about Star Wars instead. Let's talk about the death of beloved franchises instead. Okay. <laughs> right so this is the trailer uh i believe it's either the the first fool or the second fool trailer i think it's the first fool lance trailer okay I don't really, no
0: maybe the final look actually at this point Fine. in the year
1: yeah i don't know who cares i didn't it was awful right well hold on hold on star wars rise of Sorry. skywalker here we go
0: what are
1: you doing there 3PO taking one last look sir at my friends okay james you kind of let the cat out of the bag there Uh, i could
0: taste how artificial it was right in the trailer
1: just just sum up for me i know you're, you're kind of hinting at it already how you felt about this trailer well so
0: Ray and Kylo are just doing Luke and Darth Vader again which means in act three of this film Ray is gonna be almost getting killed by the Emperor who's back and then Kylo will sacrifice himself to save her and save the day that's gonna happen guarantee it because they're copying all the other Star Wars films every time they just keep doing Star Wars but again and worse
1: so, so you think the whole yeah fight scenes of the the two of them is the same essentially a red herring no
0: they'll do a, they'll do a fight for sure, like they're doing that somehow. They are fighting, but Act Three, Emperor is going to be doing his evil speech. She's going to be in a precarious situation. All her friends are going to be in danger, and then Darth Kylo will save the day, and then he'll get one last little line as he dies. <laughs> and that'll be the that'll be the, the rise of the Skywalker. Is him? Is him rising back from the dark side to the light? Yeah. Um, because all of the good, all of the good, relatively decent um, ideas and themes from the first film have been forgotten about. And it's just now light side and dark side again. Emperor is back because they wanted to rake in more money from having a recognisable character. And it's all artificial. C-3PO is doing something to save a day and he's going to die. And he's talking about seeing his friends for the last time. But he's surrounded by people that he's known for like three weeks. And <laughs> Chewbacca. <laughs> And that's it. It's, it's also fake. Everything about this film was fake. And the last film ends with like 12 people left alive in the rebellion. So they need to work very hard to convince me that there's a thousand ships fighting for the rebellion. Now. Sorry, the resistance now. Really getting that recruitment drive through the roof. Like and some of the ships are recognisable. They tie into the expanded universe cartoons and stuff, but not all one thousand of them. Okay. And then the Emperor's apparently got a bunch of ships as well because he also was building them under some ice somewhere. Can I? Everybody just keeps getting bigger and bigger, even though every film ends with like, oh, and it's the last of the resistance again. There's only there's only three left now, and then the next film comes
1: along and there's ten thousand. Can I just interject? Because I feel we could be here for a while. As as entertaining as that was. I from a from a from a perspective off, I don't really care about this franchise in the same way. I don't have the same affinity as I do for say Lord of the Rings or Yeah Heck, even Marvel. Yeah. Like I I was much more invested in how Avengers was gonna end as to how Star Wars is gonna end. So I feel I've got a, a much more neutral perspective. That being said, this trailer was bad in that it showed you basically everything. In that, I can I can see how the plot's gonna go.
0: Yeah, no, I've heard a lot of people say that the trailer left them wondering what the film's about, and I was like, how? <laughs> how? <laughs> what was missing? We see we we've seen it all. We've and granted, it looks confusing and messy because it will be because they've got to write an entire trilogy's worth of story into one film. Because so far, they've progressed the story.
1: Yeah, zero. Where's it? Where's it really gone? Well,
0: so every single thread that we had. Got cut off in the last film, so we're starting all over again for the final film in this saga. Yeah, and f- from a and the tra- emperor is back. From yay, a-
1: from a trailer perspective. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize you you were the uh, overdub for the trailer. Yeah, I am Ian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. From a trailer perspective, it was a bad trailer. It showed way too much of the film. This didn't look good. I'll st- obviously, I'm still going to go and see it. The visuals look great. VFX
0: guys, all VFX people that have worked in this. Yeah, it looks amazing. Well done. You got the visuals good in time for the trailers. I'm that's, that's incredible. That's about the only good thing I've got to say about the trailer was that the visuals were nice. None of them looked like the story earned them, but they're going to look nice that's the most important thing R2-D2 as well is going to save the day because we forgot that he's got to save the day too and so is so is BB, BB-8 he's got to save the day as well so R2-D2 is going to have a lightsaber that pops <laughs> out of a hidden compartment that saves the day Okay, BB-8 is going to have like a flamethrower that pops out of a hidden compartment okay. and saves the day
1: let's move on it's this time of year again James we're talking about the Oscars well, we forgot
0: they've got to kill cool Leia as well and that, they better deal with that uh, well, which yeah, I imagine yeah. they will but you know
1: it looked like they, they did that, okay. Okay, so Oscars and Ford versus Ferrari, which is also, uh, by the way, called Le Mans 66 over here in the British Isles because clearly Ford versus we actually, Ferrari is uh, too, generic. too generic and too American and also no one's going to see Le Mans if you're in, I don't know, America. Yeah, it's not called like... Fast cars, go fast. Oval, 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 Oval 8, fast cars. Okay this is the news that matt damon and christian bale who are both receiving rave reviews for this movie are both going for the best actor nomination at the oscars Ooh, so this intention. is right so this is interesting because i'll give you an example of of how this usually goes quentin tarantino is once upon a time in hollywood which came out a couple of months ago yeah leonardo dicaprio and it
0: is not getting released in china anymore
1: oh is it not Yeah,
0: no, China took offence to it and he said, that's fine.
1: Okay, DiCaprio is going for best actor and Brad Pitt is going for supporting actor, despite the fact that they're both essentially the main characters. Yeah. However, and that's, and that's the tr- the tradition. If there are two male leads, one goes for Best Actor, one goes for Best Supporting. Mm-hmm. Look at uh, Green, Green Book last year. Viggo Mortensen went for Best Actor, Mahershala Ali went for Best Supporting, and he won Best Supporting. Yeah. So this is unusual in that both Damon and Bale are going for Best Actor. And in my opinion, it's just going to split the, the votes because some will go for Bale, some will go for Damon, and neither of them are going to get it. I mean, maybe... But that's up
0: to the is it who, who produced this? Sony? If uh I must say Sony. Somebody. Whoever produced it is up to them really, isn't it? It's the it's not the unlike the Emmys where the actors themselves can nominate themselves. It this one's up to the film producers to decide who gets yeah. what. Yeah.
1: Well my question then, okay, fine, they might have a say as well, but surely part of it is the actor's ego. Because you don't want to be the best supporting you want to be the best actor Ah, uh, was this like th- maybe they they agreed to have a fight to the death
0: at the end of filming <laughs> to decide who was actually the main character but then they they never came to the end of the fight they both they both gave in at the same time and that is going to be a film 20 years <laughs> time it's going to be it's going to be ford versus ferrari <laughs> but it's going to be damon versus his oh, face bill
1: yeah his face <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Time is ticking away. Gemini Man, uh, which has been plastered all over the streets of Glasgow, you may have that, noticed that it. That has been marketed heavy. Well, I've seen, I've seen that in
0: everywhere. Let me tell you Internet, why. Life everywhere.
1: This is the Will Smith film where old Will Smith is fighting young CGI face Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. Will Smith's taking a break from having the fakest YouTube channel in existence to do a film. And it's also got the fakest film in existence. So, yeah. And also it's been shot in, I want to say, 100 frames per second? 120? 120. Yeah, 120 frames per second. So it means everything 4K? looks terrible, apparently. I'm going to go see it this weekend. Yeah.
0: yeah, The frame rate and the, and the pixel depth or whatever you want to call it, is so high that they had to not use makeup because you can see when someone's got makeup on.
1: Wow. Okay, so this is the news that the film has completely bombed in the United States. Currently, it's lost around $75 million. uh, And with the amount they've spent on marketing, that amount is expected to rise significantly. Yeah. James, why? That's my question. Why? Because it didn't look good, maybe? Because everyone's tired of Will Smith, probably? It made twenty million in its first weekend.
0: There was so much marketing about this film, but zero hype. Nobody ever was excited for it. I I haven't talked to anyone who is like looking forward to seeing this. And I've heard a few people say that it's worth seeing if you like good VFX, because the way they've done the old old and young will is pretty great, and the way they interact is pretty great, and mostly good. Sometimes they break the laws of gravity and stuff, but that's forgivable. But I've not heard anyone say anything good about. The story, yeah, yeah, which is har- is hard to sell a trailer for a film if it's if the film's got a bad story. We usually can tell even in a trailer, um. So the, even the the kinder reviews are saying that the visuals are great, even the performances are great. Which, when coming from Will Smith, that that's quite a compliment. Oh, he's
1: he's good wh- when he feels like he often like tries
0: it. real hard but does a real bad job. Yeah, but this time he apparently tried hard and did a good job. Wow. Oh. Um, the big the big weakness weakness of the film is the writing and. That feels so good. It makes up for all the disappointment and how bad Star Wars looks because I believe the chief writer, or at least the top build writer, is one certain David Benioff is it? of Game of Thrones infame. Hey...
1: Yeah, he fails at films too. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Maleficent 2, which I saw this week. I'll give you a review shortly. But James, it also has massively underperformed. It cost $185 million to make. I didn't even know this film was existing. And in its first weekend, it made $30 million. And that is pff, horrendous, considering the fact... So happens when you don't earn a sequel. So, So this is the thing. The first film, which this is Angelina Jolie playing the wicked witch of the West. I think. No, she's just playing the... She's playing a Wicked Witch from... She's playing Maleficent. F- yeah. Title character. <laughs> okay, fine. But she's in Sleeping Beauty. That's who it is. She's the bad witch in Sleeping Beauty. So the first film, because it was like Jolie and it looked kind of fun, people went to see it. It was also released in May time at the head, ahead of a big summer schedule. It did pretty well. This, yeah, it was the only... or one of the only redeemable
0: Disney live action films. Well,
1: well I was just about to say actually it was pretty bad it wasn't no sorry let me rephrase it wasn't bad it wasn't good it was just there it just existed
0: it did what it wanted to it it didn't feel fake though is the big difference
1: the sequel is five years it's released five years after that first one which people didn't really enjoy that much anyway no one asked for a sequel nobody was begging for a sequel exactly and so so this one is for me is so much more clear-cut No one looked for a sequel. The first film was bad. Five years have passed. Of course, it's going to bomb. I think the first film did
0: better than they expected it to, though. So they were kind of hoping for a repeat of that. And, like, again... In terms of Disney live-action remix slash branching out from other stories, I think it is probably the only one I would consider watching.
1: Okay, last piece of uh, movie news before we move on to what we've been watching. Early, sorry, the original one is the only one I would consider watching.
0: Okay. The sequel, get out of here.
1: Joker is continuing to rake in the dollars worldwide. Uh, critical acclaim, Joaquin Phoenix, you can almost guarantee him a Best Actor nomination at the Oscars this is the news that jared leto who played joker in suicide squad yep. reportedly tried to get this film shut down oh whoa! that's a huge surprise for such a nice guy <laughs> whilst it was in he's, pre-production he's so beloved everywhere he goes so according to collider he essentially roped in his uh, agent for 30 seconds of mars 30 seconds to mars and uh, to speak to some of the big wigs at uh what's it dc or warner brothers one of the two to, to essentially get the film shut down because he was very offended that they were doing a Joker film with somebody else. Oh, he was wanting his own solo Joker movie. Yeah, I think it's because it had been rumoured, but then when he found out, actually, they're taking Joaquin Phoenix. You no, know,
0: they can make two. He took Just it very, little. very badly
1: and attempted to get the film shut down, obviously unsuccessfully, and now the film yeah. is doing very well.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: glad it was unsuccessful. That's that a dirt move. What does that say for, for him as an actor? Uh, Eagle?
0: Yes. One word. It just says ego. Oh wait, no, more than one word. Ego. Comma. Too
1: big. <laughs> okay. Uh James, let's move on. Let's talk about what we've been watching this week. I will let you go first. Uh, what have you been watching? Timothica. Sorry?
0: The Man in the High Castle, season three. Ah. Which has been out for a fair while, but I never got around to watching it. Because as much as I did enjoy season two Season two lost a lot of the reasons
1: to watch it. <laughs> okay, just just remind <laughs> listeners: this is the is this the Amazon Prime it's series? Where Amazon they...
0: Prime, based off the book, and it's set in a world where the, the bad guys won World War II. Where the Nazis? And America, won. America is divided between Imperial Japan and the Nazis, and there's a a neutral zone in between them, and it's about okay. the lives of several people who, in the first. Uh, film are kind of, in the first film, first series are trying to struggle through the life and deal with the oppressive rule above them and, you know, this and that and the next thing and meeting new people and getting tangled up in some unexplained plots to try and what, do stuff to save people's lives. And there's this mystical aspect to it and it leaves you with a lot of questions. And then season two kind of, oh wait, no, and season one also is very heavily about like, what if Americans did live under Nazi rule and looking at the lives of these people okay. and trying to understand fascism and delving into psychology. Season two dumped all that and season three has carried on dumping all that and it's kind of, it's a lot more boring now but I kind of want to finish it anyway. They're answering all the questions instead of leaving questions. They're just kind of like, here's the answers and that's it now. Carry on coming back for, for guns and stuff. They got guns, yay. Uh,
1: Is that because you get the impression they just want to end it?
0: No, they're trying their best. They just lost their they they fired their chief. I'm going to say director, but it might be writer. Okay. They fired the guy that was very influential in season 1 cuz they thought they could do it themselves. And right. you can you can taste it. It's not quite as good. It still is worth it cuz some of the characters are getting decent stories. One in particular got a pretty good season 3 in terms of d- d- exploring character and actually meaningful things, but overall it's kind of it's kind of meh. But it looks real nice. Yeah. Nice. It's very enjoyable to watch. Yeah. But okay. that's a kind of if you turn your brain off. I recommend it as a morning show where you're not quite awake yet. <laughs> and you don't need to you don't really feel like trying to think about things too hard. The show doesn't make you think about anything too
1: hard. Oh fair enough. Okay, well I will tell you a bit more about Maleficent 2, which is called Mistress of Evil. And uh, don't go see this film. I feel you could have tied this in to when we talked about it earlier. I could, I could have done, but I felt it was better yeah. to, to come to come back to it. So Let's come back to it. Let's talk about it twice. <laughs> long story short, it's a bad film. Its only redeeming factor is that Michelle Pfeiffer makes a very good evil queen. And uh, Angelina Jolie is as reliably witchy as ever. Well, yay! That's about it. It's far too long. Some of the dialogue is terrible. And... um yeah the end make that the last Maleficent film speaking of Friday long the new Star Wars is going to be even longer than the last one 2 hours 35 right oh boy <laughs> okay oh, man. And the, uh, TV... carry on one more thing what what did you watch oh yeah so I, I watched Fleabag season 1 yeah much better so bear in mind there are only 2 seasons of this I am aiming to watch season 2 uh, this week coming hey. the first season bear in mind these are there's yeah 12 episodes 25 minutes each so, so I really blitzed through the first season. It is... Pretty, Colin. Incredibly enjoyable. It's sharp. It's funny. It is very, very sad. And again, like all good shows, it has its... It, it, I'm trying to think of the phrase. Has its best card up its sleeve? No, that's not right. It teases something throughout the season. Right. And then when it, when it hits... You're thinking, oh gosh. And then suddenly you reframe the entire season. It is devastatingly beautiful writing. It is right. phenomenally acted. Olivia Coleman, you just want to punch her in the face in the nicest way possible. She is just a detestable <laughs> character. And Phoebe Waller Bridge, if season two, if season one is anything to go by, then season two will be excellent. And uh, right. I would, yeah, I mean, I, again, would highly recommend it. It is graphic in some of its sex so don't watch it with your mom <laughs> just just some of its sex though some of the other sex is like completely pg oh exactly yeah watch,
0: bring your kids watch watch it with your grandparents it's
1: it's a very real portrayal good uh, of of this of this character that, that she's playing and right. it I is like a sound of it it's honestly it's first class i really enjoyed it fabulous okay shall we wrap up because time is uh time is slipping away Let's talk about real life one more time. OK, so I have had uh, this story under the title for frack's sake. Oh, I've messed it up, James. You tried real hard. For frack's sake. There we go. Ho ho, Colin, that's a good one. Really, really good. Tell me why it's so terrible, James. Oh, so the UK made
0: a deal with the UK a long time ago. We kind of <laughs> patted ourselves in the back and said, we're going to spend money on green energy. Yeah. Here's how much money we're going to spend on green energy. And the government just gone and decided to spend it on fracking in Argentina because it's more profitable for us.
1: So how do they? I don't understand how they're allowed to do this. Government does what it wants,
0: Colin. Government don't obey no rules. Who <laughs> okay. care? They're 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 wild cards. They're they're the cool kids at the back of the class. They they get our money and they spend it on fracking so that their friends can make more money.
1: Yay. Okay.
0: So Argentina, the, the, Argentina. Was the place where they were wanting to invest some amount of this money. Right. And they were torn between investing it in green energy, which is a rising sector in Argentina, but slowly rising, or oil fracking, which is rising because oil is real easy to get money from. It is. And the UK, having no morals or ethics, decided, let's spend our green energy money on fracking. And that's the whole story. The UK is evil. Mm-hmm. We are the bad guys. We are. Everyone should stop feeling patriotic because we don't do anything good. Anything good we do is just a cover up for more bad
1: things. And to continue the bad news with our final story of the week, Hong Kong, where there have been uh, severe, violent, and sometimes deadly protests uh, over the bill, well, yeah, which was introduced. Still going missing, People getting randomly killed in the street awful stuff so the the protests were sparked by the introduction of this extradition bill which people in hong kong then feared would be used to send them to mainland china yeah who wants to go there this week the bill has been formally put to rest here we go that's the that's the phrase formally uh retired
0: it's no longer like hidden in a cabinet under the desk where it used to be it's a bit it's a bit late
1: though james isn't it well
0: yeah because the protests are now more about independence there than they are about that bill it didn't take long for the protests to evolve. Uh, the protests originally kicked off because of the bill, but they very quickly became pro-democracy, pro-independence, and they're now just going to carry on protesting. And they're talking about one bill isn't enough. They've got five five demands now, not just one. And I'm sure a bunch of old people and a bunch of boring people around the world are saying to themselves, well, can't Hong Kongers just make up their mind and ask for just one thing and let life carry on? Yep. Get out of here. They can ask for whatever they want. They're, they're a large group of people who are wanting democracy, who are wanting to make their own decisions, so they can keep making demands until they are happy. I say carry on the protests. And uh, if you can go there to support them directly, we probably should. Everybody should still be supporting them. And we should be supporting. Uh, protests across the world. There's protests in Chile right now. There are, yeah. There's protests in Ecuador. Or there were. They've kind of come to a close. And there's protests in Iraq. There's protests in so many places because people are actually trying to make a difference in their countries. The only one that the Western media feels safe to talk about is Hong Kong because the Hong Kong protests are kind of like anti-authoritarian whereas a lot of the other protests are are kind of anti-capitalist and anti-corruption. Yeah. And if our media started talking about those two things as bad as in corrupt politicians being bad and capitalist um, being, um, societies being not ideal, there might be a bit of unrest here too. So okay, they don't get talked about. But there's people dying all over the world and quite a lot of it is about a right standing up to corrupt government.
1: Right. James, time is up. How do people get in touch? And if they have watched anything or seen anything, how do they do it? Yeah, If you want to let us know about a protest we should talk about, uh, email
0: a uh, very detailed description of the protest to seesawparade at gmail.com. You can also email about anything in the world that you want. Uh, you can tweet us at Parade. You can Snapchat Parade. Colin will eventually get to it. Enjoy whatever that is Um, in time. Maybe, maybe sometime this year, maybe 2020.
1: But just please do. We enjoy hearing from you all. Okay, James, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I will chat to you next week. Alright. Because I'm still here. Thank you, Colin. Yeah, no, it's a whole other week in a row. This is encouraging stuff. Okay, all right. Good shots. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you soon. Bye.
0: Yeah, no, ch- cheerio um, to Colin. Cheerio all the listeners. And Jared Leto, leave. <laughs>